Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. We are back for another season. It is our 10th consecutive season of doing this podcast. We've had some changes along the way, but not too many coming this season, at least on the podcast anyway. I am your host, Connor Clancy, returning again, and joining me is the old man, Kevin Pogorzowski. Kev, are you okay with the concept of YouTube now? Do you need me to explain that to you? I'm fine with the concept of YouTube, but uh, you youngsters calling it YT... It's a little confusing. Um, I'm not sure if that's a youngsters thing, but it's definitely common parlance in our Slack conversations. And given we've done the pod together for the guts of a year now, you should really know better. But anyway, Vito Doria sadly can't be here with us as he's working down in Australia to make money to come to Europe with us next month. But I am joined by Vieri Capretta. Vieri, it's good to speak to you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm not Vito. I'll try my best, though, to, so that we don't miss him too much and here we are you will be a a more calming presence i'm sure than than vito doria especially if sampdoria or genoa become the topic of conversation but very pleased um try and battle on with me i know it's late in the or early in the morning for you as well as it is me so let's try and get through this without falling asleep <laughs> yeah we'll do we'll do what we can as long as we talk about interesting things we'll be all right well what could be more interesting than a new season of Serie A, very and on that note let's start with the least interesting thing of all, Juventus, the 1,100 times in a row they've won it now. They're going to win it again this year, probably. Vieri, am I being too pessimistic before a ball has even been kicked, or is it Juventus's to lose again? I think 100% it is Juventus's to lose, uh, aside from the new coach. They might want to try and win it playing a different style of football. You know, We've been talking about it all summer. 
But with the players and the squad they've got and the additions, uh, I just don't see them even battling with anyone for the title. I see a very similar situation as last season where everything would be over by February, March. Do you really think it's going to be that early? Because I know it has been basically every season except for the season before last. And they've brought in Mathis De Ligt. They've brought in Aaron Ramsey. They've brought in Adrian Rabio. They've got Mauricio Sarri on the bench. It's going to be difficult again for anyone to even get close to them, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think like the last two or three seasons, it's it's out of hope more than expectation that uh, anybody else will come through and steal the league title off of them. Yeah, well, Napoli did finish 11 points short of them last year and it's probably between them and Inter to finish second this year. But Juve, then, Vieri, last season when when they lost that first leg against Atletico Madrid, a lot of people were saying that, oh, their season's a failure if they don't win the Champions League. And the fact is, last year they won the Scudetto, but they didn't win the Coppa Italia or anything else. So if Juve just do that again this year, have they failed? It's obviously impossible to, to call it a failure when you do um, win the title. But uh, I think there's an expectation there with the Champions League and with the investment and the money spent. There's no way you can consider it you know, anything special. It's not a failure, but it's not... It's not a failure, but it's not a success either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't stand out at all. No, uh, not at all. Not at all. It's just become the norm from Kev. Um, predictions for Juve this season, champions? Yeah, probably. I, I don't think they'll get they'll get close in Europe though. Again, I think maybe they they're over focusing on that, and that's probably my slight hope that they might take their ball off eye off the ball even uh, in the league. Even if they do, will it be enough? It depends. It depends if if Napoli or potentially Inter can push them as close as Napoli did two seasons ago, and if Juve are in the latter stages and it seems to be increasing in importance for them, the uh, Champions League, and, and whether that would tip the balance in somebody else's favour. But somebody else has got to go to distance with them first. Yeah, and you, you could just see the other guys taking points off each other in Juve. Just about doing enough by beating everybody else and even taking draws from the teams up with them. So uh, I guess there's not going to be any argument here about who's going to win Serie A this season, which is quite a deflating note to start the season on. But anyway, um, second place last year were Napoli. They haven't done all that much this summer, Vieri, but is that the best way for them to go about things? 100%. I mean, they've showed last season that the transition from Sarri to Ancelotti has been positive. And I think even the performances in Europe have shown that the team has reached a level of, uh, of you know, coherence, cohesion, that is that of a top European team. I don't see them fighting for the Scudetto, but I could see them coming second or third uh, comfortably and having uh, a very good European run. And that's because they have the same coach, the same bulk of players. Uh, They know each other, they know what the coach wants. And I don't think there's any other team in Italy aside from obviously Juventus, perhaps Inter, that are at that level. What do you think, Kev? Are Napoli second best again this year? Will it be closer between them and Inter? Can they challenge Juventus? I think it will be closer between them and Inter. Um, I don't know. I think it was probably more important for them not to lose lose anybody 
because they haven't really brought anybody in significant to mm. improve the squad. Although after Fabian Ruiz's performances in the um, the Spanish side over the summer, maybe he can kick on again another level. But I, I kind of have them in my own mind as dropping below into this year, um, into third. But, you know, it's going to be close. Yeah, well, I did that last year. I thought Napoli were going to fall off under Ancelotti and they they just didn't. So I can't see it happening to them this year. I think they're, the the transitions at Inter will kind of help Napoli in that they'll still be trying to find their feet for much of the first half of the season, whereas Napoli just know what they're doing. It's going to be business as usual. They've not lost the players that we thought they might lose. and It's just going to be more of the same from them. Um, Inter is quite an interesting case. Kev, I'll stick with you on this, because Antonio Conte's come in, they've signed pretty well, and we'll talk about Icardi in just a few minutes, but Conte's Inter, how are they going to look? Yeah, I think the Conte factor is a huge one, and it's not just what they've brought in this year as well, it's what they've managed to get out. I think moving on, Nangalan and Perisic has been important when you've got Nicola Barella coming in to sort of really hopefully be the the fulcrum of that midfield. Um, that's what just gives me so much uh, expectation that they'll have a proper run at it. I can't see, I know you say about Inter having to sort of build into the season, but I, I can't I can't see Conti letting them do that, knowing how fast a start Juventus are likely to make. It did happen when he was at Chelsea as well, though. He went to Chelsea and it didn't all go to plan for him early on and then they ended up coming good and winning the league. I'm not so sure it'll have the same end result here, though. But, Vieri, are you fancying Inter to do anything other than be Inter this coming season? Oh, 100%. I think I agree with Kev. Uh, Conte is a huge factor. First of all, what it represents to bring in a coach of that level away from the Premier League, back to Italy, in a rival side to what he's been um, for all his career. So Juventus, um, that just shows the ambition, I think, of the owners. And the other big signing, Lukaku, obviously this one on the pitch, uh, shows that Inter are, are trying to get to that level that is Juventus, of being able to to go to Manchester United, take out 70 million euros and buy the centre forward, which a couple of years back would have been absolutely insane to even think about. So that shows the direction Inter are going into. And with Conte, I agree with Kev, I don't think there's going to be that much of a transition. I do fancy Inter coming second instead of uh, Napoli. I think it's going to be close, uh, but I think they can do that. Obviously, winning the league like Conte did in his first season at Juventus and in his first season as Chelsea is, is, feels impossible uh, right now. But if Juve are very distracted uh, in the Champions League, then perhaps uh, they could even have a shot at that. Yeah, I, I keep falling into what I have de- decided as a trap of thinking, oh, maybe Inter can compete, Inter can compete. But then they've brought in Lukaku for huge, huge money. But they haven't actually strengthened or improved their attack because Icardi's not going to play, whether he stays or not. Perisic is gone. So in terms of the attacking end of the pitch, they're no better off than they were. Well, you say that, but don't forget that Conte, for me at least, is such a good coach uh, tactically that you need to find the right men for him. 
rather than uh, proven superstars. So perhaps having Sensi and Barella will will be better than having other midfielders. I mean, I think the prime example for Conte is what he did with that Euro 2016 uh, Italy squad. You know, he almost beat the world champions Germany with players like Parola and De Chilio, um, who for me are just not, uh, has, traditionally speaking, at the top level of, uh, of any previous Azzurri side. Um, yet he did that. So I think Lukaku perhaps is more uh, what he needs compared to Icardi, who perhaps overall is a better finisher. So don't forget, Conte is is really, really key to anything we say about Inter. Yeah, I take your point about the that Italy-Euro side, but it, it's probably easier to do that in a in a knockout cup competition, right? But wh- rather than trying to get a team to perform above their level for 38 games across the season while also trying to compete in in Europe as well, I, I don't know. There's just there's something inside me that doesn't allow me to get overly excited about anything Inter do. Kev, am I being overly pessimistic about them? Because when I, I look at it on I the surface, I've been slightly uh, slightly overly pessimistic. Um, I think we're probably all stuck in that position where we've seen Inter do this so many times over probably well my like my three decades where they they've looked at big big money signings and things and, and just fell away. But I think we're doing a disservice to Conti thinking, you know, almost associating him with the the Juventus that we have now, you know, that go out and mm. sign the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo because when he when he first put that um Juventus side together, the first title we won there, you know, that's now the that that defence that we associate with Barzali Chiellini, Benucci, they were, they were, they were, obviously they weren't uh, unknowns, but you know he helped put that side together and actually build what is the now the the, the, the Juventus that we've got, all empowering side from Turin, and um, not saying he's going to necessarily do that at Inter, but I think we can give him credit for that they'll be ready to go from the very off this year. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, think that. Can I, can I just jump in on this? Let's not forget that Juve's side had come seventh two years in a row and nobody would have thought that they could win the league uh, given AC Milan had Ibrahimovic back in 2011-2012. In so he's proven that he can get a side that is average to win titles. Even che- even what he did at Chelsea, I think, was, was quite impressive considering you know, some of the, of the other sides in the Premier League. Watch out for Conte. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Know, well, whatever know. happens with Inter this year, I don't think Conte is going to be the problem. Uh, I think there will be other issues that probably expose themselves. But I do want to give them some positivity because they've signed one of my favourite players in Serie A in the last couple of seasons in Nicolo Barella. And I think he's going to be such an important player for them this year and probably for Italy as well in the the next tournament cycles. But Vieri, you you will have watched Barella play quite a few times. Um, How big of a player can he be for Inter? He's a beast. I mean, perhaps he doesn't have the quality um, most top midfielders in Europe have. Uh, And I think that's that's fine, given that Inter needed more more of of, of a player that can really be box to box and side to side, he's just everywhere. Um, 
and he kind of raised he does raise the bar compared to the midfielders that were there before he perhaps they spent a bit too much money on him uh, given he you know he was a Cagliari player but he's proven himself as a Serie A regular starter and I think as you said he's got that experience with the national team as well he is one of the key midfielders for the Azzurri and will probably be in the years to come and I'm just so curious to see how he develops on the counter. It's going to be interesting because if there's one flaw in his game, it's his discipline for me. Um, and you would imagine that Conte will just kind of beat that into him. So hopefully, if he can keep himself in check, he'll have a really, really good season for them there. Um, Atalanta finished third last season. Actually, before we go to Atalanta, it's easy to forget that Inter brought in Diego Godin this summer because that signing was kind of done before the end of last season. But he's going to add an awful lot to their backline, Kev. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I'm not too concerned about the lack of attacking options, as you were mentioning earlier. I think they'll be so resolute in defence that, that Conte will do, as he did with uh, with Italy, as Vieri was saying, and, and just get so much out of the attack, you know, make the, the best of the sum of his parts. And, and Godin's going to play a massive role in organising them a little bit more um, this right. season. All right, we can, we can move on to Atalanta now. Um, they finished third last year. They're in the Champions League this season. It's not going to be easy for them, is it? They're, they're going to have to balance European football, well, Champions League football and Serie A every other weekend. While yeah, I saw, it. I saw your prediction. Yeah, while not having strengthened the squad all that much, they've brought in a couple of players. So, Luis Muriel will be a good signing, you would imagine, for a bit anyway. Martin Skirkel's come in at the back, and Ruslan Malinovsky, I'm going to have to learn how to say his name correctly, has also come in, and he looks very, very technically good. But I don't know what to, to think of how things are going to unfold in Bergamo this year. Vieri, have you any thoughts? Well, I think the, the names you mentioned of, of the players that have uh, come in... Um, show that there is ambition in, in trying to replicate a similar Serie A season to the past three, in which Atalanta came fourth, I think seventh or sixth, and then fourth again. And that just shows that, you know, that's regular European football. And uh, I think there is no problem in, in, the, in being Atalanta as it is now. Just enjoy the moment, because really there's no pressure whatsoever compared to the other teams we've been talking about so far. You can have a good run in the Champions League, an average run, just make the most of it because this is history in the making. I think that's going to be Atalanta's strength aside from all the, the tactical knowledge of Gasperini, the, the quality of some of the players. It's the fact that they can really be history in the making right now and just enjoy it as much as possible. So I do think that Atalanta could be quite a surprise actually this season in Serie A, perhaps not you know, a top four finish, fifth or sixth, be there again, keep that regular European spot. And at the same time, you know, I think everyone is going to have a tough time against them in the Champions League. I agree with that. I think everything's good in Bergamo right now because there aren't those expectations that you associate with clubs who have finished in the top four two of the last three years. But it's good. Everything's good. And I, I did the season preview, as Kev alluded to, for Atalanta this season. And I've I predicted them to finish sixth. And I was kind of going between fifth and sixth for 
a fair amount of time before I settled for sixth. Um, and that would be a very, very good season. If Atalanta finished sixth, even got third in their Champions League group phase or group and went into the Europa League, that would be an incredible season for them. I, I think everything looks pretty, pretty good there. Um, Kev, I think the best business they've done this year isn't anyone they've signed, but it's the fact that they've kept on, kept hold of players. Antonio Pacassi came out and said that they've turned down bids this year that previously they could never have dreamt of turning down. You would imagine he's talking about players like Duran Zapata there. But they did bring in Martin Skirtle, who is a player you will know very, very well. And he's someone that, as happy as I am that he's signed and he's come in to offer that level of experience and what have you he's not the type of defender I think Atalanta need because he's a, he can be a little bit headless as can Palomino and Maziello I think he can but um, he'll he'll provide he'll provide a lot of a, a goal scoring threat particularly if you're you know under the cosh for parts of the game and, and you're going to be relying on some set pieces maybe or you know late goals and games he I predict will be as much of a cult hero as you see uh, Mr. Alves in uh, Parma. And I don't think he got the credit that he deserved at, at Liverpool. I think with the size of the club, you've got a lot of, if you call it your online fan base, as opposed to your match-going Reds. And, uh, you know, and he's a very fit lad. He was he was often the, uh, the, the solid, dependable player where you had an ageing Carragher and a, an injury-prone Danny Agger. I think... Um, the fans in Bergamo will be extremely pleased by the end of the season as to what he'll have um, brought to the team. It's already happening. Um, he, he did score, obviously, in, in a friendly win over Monza today. It was 9-1. Big, powerful header. And I was speaking about his arrival to someone this week, and I, I think that's so important because Atalanta have always had a centre-back who scores goals in this Gasparini system. It was Caldara first, and then it was Gianluca Mancini, and Andrea Mazziello did it a bit in the, the interim season. So, someone who can cause a bit of a threat going forward from set pieces is much, much needed there. And he's already becoming a bit of a cult hero because he's following the Martin Darun line. Darun was interviewed in his first spell at Atalanta, walking around the Gitalta and Bergamo. And he said, I try to be a nice guy, but on the pitch, I get a sudden urge to step on someone's toe and make their life miserable. And Skirtle, one of the first things he said at Atalanta was, I always try to be a, a really nice guy, very pleasant to come across, but Definitely not on the football pitch. And the fans are already kind of enamoured by him just because of that. So I do think you're right. He will become something of a cult hero. You'll see his name on the back of a lot of Atalanta shirts around Bergamo, I would imagine. Um, Vieri, Luis Muriel, is he going to be happy to come in and be second choice to Duban Zapata? Well, if he's if he's there and he's signed the contract, then he's already happy, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he's there's going to be plenty of space, I think, for him. Uh, to show his uh, talent. Great signing in the sense that I think Atalanta didn't really have that kind of player because Ilicic and Papu have the same kind of quality but perhaps aren't as as quick and don't have the same pace on the counter. And that's a, a, a good option um, to play differently as well for Gasperini. Um, so I do think we'll see a lot of Muriel and if he's got the the right mindset, we'll see a lot of good things from him as well. Yeah, that's always the thing with him, though, isn't it? It's, it's if he's got the right mindset. Hopefully he does. Um, like you say, there's, there are going to be plenty of minutes going around this season. 
I'm quite excited to watch the um, the guy whose name I'm really struggling to pronounce as well. He looks very, very good in preseason and technically quite good. And he gives that extra option. He looks like he could play in Papu's role if he needs a rest, which he undoubtedly will at points this year. Anyway, we can move on from Atalanta now to the the team who won't be playing Champions League football at the San Siro this season. It's AC Milan. It's been an interesting summer in that not as much as you might have expected to happen has happened. Very, am I right in saying that? I think you know. Watch out. We said watch out for Conte and Inter, but watch out for AC Milan as well because they could be quite a surprise. I think some of the signings have been slightly under the radar, a bit underrated. Um, I really like Benacer and Krunic. I think they're two quality midfielders. And let's not forget, they'll have Piontek from day one. So, again, I don't see them really making it in a top four finish, although they could be fighting for it till the very end. But, um, but I do see them, you know, have, showing good football. And that's a trademark of uh, Giampaolo and uh, and being quite uh, an exciting side this season for me. Yeah, I, I, I think this Milan thing, as it always does, has the potential to blow up and be terribly funny for everyone watching, but not so enjoyable for Milan. But it could just go so, so right. I, I really rate Giampaolo as a coach. Kev, how do you think it's going to go from this year? Yeah, I'm I'm quite excited. Vito was very um well, sort of full of praise of, of him at Sampdoria last year and I didn't really see a great deal of, of Samp at time live. But um the players that Milan have brought in are, are relatively unknown to me from a, a viewing perspective over the last couple of years. So I thought it just it almost you're looking on it on fresh eyes and I think if Gianpaolo can bring a bit of the playing style that he did have at Samp last year it would just be fun to watch because maybe that's because they're they're relative unknowns um, or low key if you like then there'll be a little less um, burden on their shoulders yeah you say that but then I guess playing at the San Siro in front of however many thousand they get in things change and people lose sight of where they started I suppose and the expectations just return especially if they do get a little bit of a run Um, Vieri you mentioned the two boys coming in from Empoli is there not a bit of a risk in that they've signed two players from Empoli who didn't exactly light up Serie A last season? That's the, it's true. I mean, they, they got relegated. Uh, <laughs> but there's, there, there are four or five players from the, that Empoli side that I think are potentially very, very useful for any Serie A side, um, apart from perhaps you know the top two or three. And Benacer, Krunic and Traore, the three midfielders, are definitely in there. The other one is, you know, the right-back Di Lorenzo, who's now at Napoli. Um, striker Caputo, who's now at Sassuolo. The problem with Empoli was the rest of the squad. And the fact that they, they brought in Iacchini and things didn't go quite as, as planned. But for Milan, to have these kind of players, Krunic, you know, is, is a midfielder that does everything quite well. And I think they haven't really got him, anyone like him fully. Kessie was meant to be that kind of player, but hasn't really uh, always completely proven his uh, his worth, or at least what was expected of him from Atalanta. And I think Benacer is a very, very solid regista. And 
you know, the same thing can be said about Biglia, but again, Biglia, there were really high expectations. You didn't, you know, he didn't show uh, the qualities that we saw at Lazio. And uh, perhaps Benesser could be that man. And I think in a Giampaolo team, you really need someone like Torreira was a couple of years ago mm. in that Pirlo position. And I think they went and bought players who, for the, the amount of money that they cost, could be extremely useful and, and a very big surprise, I think, for me. Yeah, you would hope so. Um, Bakayoko is a player who they might miss, but I'm really hoping <laughs> maybe that. not. No, I I think they will. You know, I I think he offered them quite a lot last season. Um, but I really hope that Mattia Caldara can find some consistent fitness this season and get back to the player that he showed himself to be, or that he showed himself capable of becoming while he was at Atalanta, because he's a really talented player. And the same goes for Andrea Conti. He's really suffered since leaving, um, but it would be nice to see him find some form because he could do very well going forward in a Marco Giampaolo side. Kev, have you any more to say about Milan? No, I don't think so. I'm going to leave it there and wait to see what they give us. Well, I'm going to ask you a specific question about Milan. Um, okay. Christoph Piontek, how's he going to do? See, that's that's the that that was with probably my one concern is that if the others feel that there is little burden on them or expectation on them, whether the lack of other striking options and you know Cutrone's gone and if he's playing through the middle, whether we might see him buckle under the pressure this year because as impressive as he was at both Genoa and Milan last year, it was. You know, his first season and a, a poor run of form can maybe ruin someone so young under the San Siro lights. Yeah, well, you've seen it before, haven't you, with countless players at countless other clubs. But it's going to be interesting to watch what happens with Piontek this year. Vieri, do you think he's going to be able to replicate last season's form? Yeah, I do think so. I do think so because he's... Uh... He's a finisher fundamentally, so it, it doesn't matter too much uh, what the rest of the team does. So I think Giampaolo's style will have to affect more of the way Milan defend and attack as a team. But what Piontek does is score goals. Um, I know he hasn't scored any so far in the preseason, uh, but I do think he's not going to be an issue for, for AC Milan. As Kev said, Perhaps not having other striking options could be could be quite an issue because you know Kutrona is a is a proven goal scorer in Serie A and having him coming off the bench is always uh, always you know that extra that Milan did have before another option and uh, right now unless something comes in in the in the last couple of days of the transfer window AC Milan could simply just not have many options up front. Yeah, that could be a concern for them as well, especially with the. Uh... The guys they usually have playing behind the striker because they're not always the most reliable. Um, but bank on Suzo being amazing until December and then doing absolutely nothing between January and May because that's what he does. He's Suzo. Um, anyway, one of the Roman clubs. Kev, take your pick. Let's start with Roma. Okay. Got rid of Robin Olsen. Or at least they they've got Paolo Lopez in anyway. They have, haven't they? How are you feeling about that? I, I, I'm really confident over Roma. 
And it wasn't until a, probably a, a week or so ago when I actually had a proper, you know, you get back into the swing of the football seasons upon us. And last season's transfer window appeared a little bit like, um, I don't know, you, you have a season on Football Manager where you don't, you don't have any money. So you go and round up a load of free agents. I know obviously they pay some money for people, but it just felt a bit misdirected. And this year... Uh, Diawara remember two seemed like really solid signings to improve the midfield. Um, solid, so- solid how? Because Diawara is promising, right? I'll, I'll take that, but he, he hasn't actually convinced yet at a yeah, club like Rome. Okay, from the respect of look at what Nzonzi gave them last year. You know, there were some of those players that really didn't perform for Roma, and they just look a little bit more. You know, I suppose more the defence. They've just signed Zappa Costa this season, haven't they? That's tied, they've tied that deal up. Um, and you've got Manolas has gone, but you've got Mancini in. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It just looks more um, a structured approach to, you know, starting from the back, solving those problems with the the defence where they lost too many goals last year. Yeah, I'm I'm quite concerned for them, you know. But I know they've lost Robin Olsen, so that gives them a much better base to build upon to begin with. But Gianluca Mancini is a good defender, but he's still learning. And if he was playing beside Manolas, I'd be a lot more confident in him. But now that Manolas is gone, he's going to have that extra weight of expectation on him. And he's going to be playing probably not in a back three. So it's not going to be... The same Gianluca Mancini that we saw with Atalanta. And Leonardo Spinazzola is obviously quite a sound player if he can get back to the, the bits that he showed with Juve last year when he was trusted to play. Zappa Costa, I'm not completely sold by. Um, Dio Ara still has some work to do to convince me. And Jordan Veritu, I think he's slightly overrated. Fieri, you'll obviously have watched him quite a little bit more than most of us. But Veritu's obviously got ability, right? He was 
quite clearly noticed in his absence whenever he didn't play for Fiorentina. But this was a Fiorentina team who was, in, in your own words, a bit of a mess last season. <laughs> a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think he's the only one that can be considered a midfielder uh, in, in last year's Fiorentina squad. Mm. Uh, I, I, I rate Vertu quite, quite highly and I think he's uh, the kind of player Roma perhaps needed because I'm not, cons- I'm, I mean, I, I do understand what Kev is saying about a very structured approach to the transfer window, but let's not forget that a lot of the starting players um, are still going to be players like Cristante um, that was brought in last year. And the problem with buying players from Atalanta is that you see them play under Gasperini and they're amazing. And then you see them play in another mm. um, team and they're not quite the same. I think that's not going to happen with Veritu because he was playing in, a, in quite a bad side. So I think what you, what you see is what you get. And he's going to play at the same level for Roma. So you're, you, you, know, you say a box-to-box midfielder that does score a fair amount of goals. Nothing amazing, but he'll get the job done. Uh, Cristante last season is nowhere near as close as Cristante two years ago and Mancini will have to see as you mentioned if he's going to be at the level of of the Mancini we saw last year at Atalanta so I think I think Roma overall will have to find the right balance between the players that they brought in last summer and the ones they brought in this summer I still don't think they've done enough in the transfer window to be a threat more than a top six finish, perhaps. I'm inclined to agree with that. You know, I, I have them finishing about seventh this year. But I don't really know what to expect from Paolo Fonseca at Roma this year. So it's going to be interesting. But um, Lazio, I have them getting into the top four. Kev, thoughts? I'm a little surprised about that. Um, maybe I, have, I haven't paid enough attention to them pre-season. Um, Lazari's a Obviously, an interesting sign that should give him a bit more creativity. Um, I suppose a lot of it rests on whether Milinkovic Savic has a up and down season like he did last year. I think more was expected of him last season, and at times he didn't deliver. Um, and even Luis Alberto at times wasn't up to maybe the standards that he set himself when he first joined Lazio. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be difficult for them to break into the top top four I, I'm not even sure it's a case of them breaking in because if you look at last season's top four Atalanta probably won't do it again so you've got Juve Napoli Inter and then for me it's if you look at the teams that are there you've got Milan mm, Roma mm. I completely agree with you it's it's incredible it's literally the same reason I was uh, giving to people when I when I put down my Serie A predictions Honestly, who who can be better than Lazio? Yeah, that's the thing. You, you have a team that's that was fourth, well, basically fourth two years ago. It's the same eleven for three seasons, same coach, same formation. Obviously, it's down to the individuals to perform, and not like last season. You know, if until February, Milinkovic Savage was basically non-existent. But if they all do what they have to do, they're better for me than Roma, Milan who have changed their coaches. It might take some time. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I can see them, as you said, in a top four. Do you think that causes you. a bit of a problem, though? 
you know, they, they've got this, they've got this consistency, you know, they trust in their, their teammates and they know what everybody needs to do. And they also look, they look at what's beyond them on paper and they think, well, you know, we should really walk to fourth place or third place. And then that just breeds a little bit of complacency. Well, it's, I think it's what they've, the problem they've had uh, last season, um, which was uh, kind of covered up by winning the Coppa Italia. Um, but if they, if you know, to keep focused, there's not that many teams that have that consistency. And they've always been quite good against the small teams, which is usually the difference uh, in, in points at the end of the season is making sure you get the points that you should get against the, the smaller teams. I do, get, I do get your point, but honestly speaking, there's not that many, you know, if Atalanta lose a bit of energy in the Champions League, I don't think Torino are up for it. Mm. They don't have a lot of, of real rivals. Yeah, I suppose last year, actually, I'm forgetting that they they dropped so many points against the teams above them. And that's where, you know, like you say, if they're picking up, they're picking up the points against everybody else. If they can improve their performances and, and take points off of their direct rivals for those Champions League spots, then they'll kick on a little bit further this year. And if Gerard Mobile can find a shooting boots again, they should be. They should be comfortably getting into the top four. I'm looking at the rest of the teams. Um, while we've got you, Fiorentina are going to be fun this year. They've brought in Frank Ribery. They've brought in the Prince. Um, are they just not going to bother getting their players to defend this year? Is that the approach? Well, if you've got Vincenzo Montella on the bench, <laughs> you're basically not caring about defending at all. How are they uh, going to set up, though, on, on a serious note? It's difficult to tell still. Don't forget that Fiorentina started bringing in players quite late on. Uh, and the transfer window is still open. I mean, I think we're going to see probably Sotil starting up front against uh, Napoli. Pulgar and Badel in the middle. Uh, so two new signings. Boateng as, as the centre forward. Lirola in the back line as well. I think the positive is that Milenkovic and Pizzella, the two centre-backs, are the same. And that, obviously, you still have Federico Chiesa, who is the man who really makes a difference. But what's exciting for Fiorentina is you've changed the owner and he's brought in the likes of Boateng and, and Ribéry, who are just really exciting players. Even if they end up being useless on the pitch, mm. it's still... You know, the, the, the attention you get from the media, it's a bit of electricity, a bit of a spark that just Fiorentina and the fans absolutely needed after a couple of seasons in which it was just, everything was just mediocre and, and just boring in, in a way. And I think that's the main thing. That's just the excitement. And I don't think we're going to have great results on the pitch. I can see Fiorentina, you know, finished 10th perhaps so i don't see them in europe but it's a difference something is happening compared to the last couple of years of uh, of the de la valle brothers so it's a start it's a start yeah for sure i think pulgar is an amazing signing i really like him and i think if you're gonna be playing with these attacking players he's quite a useful guy to have in there as well because he's not shy of a tackle and he can also get involved going forward as well. Quite good from penalties. But 
Are you excited for this Fiorentina season? I am, I am. I am because, as I said, uh, it's everything's, you know, you need to consider where you're coming from. And Fiorentina in the last, in the last years was just, there was no reason as a fan to, to sit down and, and watch the game. And I think a lot of Fiorentina fans have showed it in the last couple of years by protesting week in, week out against uh, the ownership. I know there's a, there's a new guy. Well, let's see what let's see what happens. You know, it's as simple as that. Sometimes you just need change to to get some excitement going, and this could end up being worse than before. But you know, let's not forget that the Lavalle brothers had Fiorentina for 17 seasons and did not win a trophy, mm. uh, not a single Coppa Italia, nothing. And there's been some some great moments and some really bad moments. But it was time for change. It happened, and signing someone like Ribery means, hey, we're here, hello, look at us, we're Fiorentina, we still can sign you know, certain type of player, even if, if it's just a name, and, um, and the excitement is you know, fresh new start, fresh new page, and let's see what happens. Okay, perfect. Right, what we're going to do now is move through the rest of the team very, very quickly. I'm going to say a club's name, one of your names, and you're going to give me a sentence on that club. Uh, Vieri, Torino. Watch out for Torino because I can see them in the in the top five. I said this too in one of my little one of the preview things that's going up. I, I quite agree with that. Um, Kev Sampdoria. Uh, oh, I think they've sold too much. Pratt, Pratt gone, Anderson gone. I think they might struggle. You hate Fabio Quagliarella as well. Don't forget um, Vieri <laughs> Bologna. Um, Bologna, I think, will have a very comfortable season and uh, calmly finish in the top 12 positions. Okay. Sassuolo, Kev? Um, possibly challenging for Europe this year. Ooh, that's big. Why? Um, I, well, I did the, I did the uh, preview for this and I just thought, you know, they were very entertaining last year. We spoke about it a couple of times on the pods, but they just drew too many games. I think they only drew, they drew 16 most other than that, was Fiorentina with 17. I think if they can finally convert some of those into wins, they could be challenging. Who's going to be the person to convert them into wins? Caputo. Well, it's tightening up at the back as much as it is scoring them at the other end. Maybe I think yeah. they need to work out what was going wrong last year at times. Okay, fair point. Um, Udinese, Fieri, sorry. Uh, relegation, full stop. I, we're agreeing on a lot more than we ever have before today. Yeah, it? it's incredible. I, th- I think <laughs> I, I think they should have been relegated last season um, and the year before, and perhaps the year before as well. And somehow they've managed to to survive. And I don't, with Brescia signing Balotelli, I don't see them, um, you know, being able to to make it this time around. I think that this season's capable. Maybe not quite as bad, but this is the year where they finally, finally. Go. Um, I'll take Spal and Parma, given that I'm going to go to most of their games. Spal are probably going to do okay, but I think it might be difficult to start with. Their summer transfer business hasn't been very good. Um, they've basically just continued down the line of signing ex Atalanta players in Marco D'Alessandro and Etri Parisha and Arcadius Reca. It looks like he's going to go there too. So I think they'll probably finish 13th ish again. Parma, I think they've done quite well this summer. Bobby English is back. They've brought in a couple. Um, they've brought in a guy from Atalanta, Kulu. I can't think of his name, but he's going to be very, 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 very good. 
And they've also got Andreas Cornelius, who I think could probably do a job for them up top. Um, but let's go Kev Cagliari. Uh, no Barella. No. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how Nangolin does back there. Um, and Nandez from Boca, who's getting plenty of praise. Um, I think they'll be same-same for last year, really. I don't okay. see them being threat of relegation. Uh, thankfully, Vito Doria is not here. Vieri, Genoa. Genoa is... Um, I think they'll be doing uh, better than last season, and that's not very difficult, as they, they almost got relegated. Uh, but, um, you know, Andrazzoli is is an exciting manager, and having Schöne in the middle is a huge signing for a team like Genoa. I mean, this guy was on the verge of a Champions League final only a couple of months ago. So I think they'll be they'll be quite a surprise and they'll comfortably finish mid-table. Okay. Um, the new boys then. Kev, Brescia, Ballo's back. Ballo's back. That is possibly been the most excited I've been about going to Italy again this year. Really? It's either going to implode, you know, <laughs> and I, I hope it doesn't because I've, you know, he's, he was a talented youth and really hasn't done the best of his talent but um yeah i think i think i think they out of the three could be the ones that stay up if he gets his head settled and right and you've got tonelli behind him you've got a real soft spot for balotelli just like i, I do. do and I, that's why i love you um vieri who do you want go with hellas verona hellas verona i mean compared to the other ones the, their fans could try and make a difference in the home games but you read the names of the squad and I don't think any of them are of Serie A level so I really don't see them staying up they've got Pato eyes mate they'll be alright um, no I think they're probably going to finish bottom Kev Lecce well, I had Lecce finishing bottom but I think they'll be <laughs> they'll thereabouts with Hellas uh, Verona neither of them like you say are. you just look at the squads and I didn't see a lot of them last year they don't look strong enough Mm, be quite a shame as well because it's nice to have a representative from Puglia up in Serie A. But anyway, all right, let's get your top four predictions. V- Vieri. Uh, Juventus, Inter, Napoli, Lazio. I'm going with Juventus, Napoli, Inter, Lazio. Kev? I'm going to be hopeful and go Inter, Juventus, Napoli, <laughs> ah. uh, well, let's go Lazio, Vieri convinced me. Have you not put in your predictions yet to the site? You, oh, yeah, but they keep moving. So they're like, they've written them on notepad, but things keep moving. Okay, okay. Um, bottom three, Kev? Uh, oh, um, Hellas, Lecce and oh, Udinese, actually. I think they will be the ones that will drop this year. All right, same for me and Vieri, full house. Uh, Udinese, Hellas, and uh, Lecce. Perfect. Top goal scorer, Vieri. Oh, no idea. Uh, Lukaku. Do you know what? It's very difficult. I just went for Cristiano Ronaldo because why not? Um, Kev? Who's a, who's a Cardi going to be playing for? Nobody. He's going to be sitting on the bench. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably Ronaldo, unless uh, Quagliarella proves me wrong. Oh, I'd love nothing. Which he won't. Oh, there it is. All right, Fabio, step up. Player to watch, Kev. Um, uh, Tonelli at Brescia. Ah, okay, good shout. Mine is Dejan Kulusevski, who is on loan from Atalanta at Parma, and I'm happy to watch him every week. Vieri? Um, 
Kevin Prince Boateng at Fiorentina. The correct he's answer. Always, he's always fun. He's great. You've got to interview him this year, by the way. You just have to. We'll see. We try our best. That's our, our aim. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, and lastly, Barry, one thing you want to see this season? I'd like to see... Yeah, I'd like to see a title race, let's be honest. Uh, I'd like to see not that much of a difference between first, second and third as we saw last year. Basically, Juventus and Napoli stopped playing in February uh, because it, they, they were just so comfortable in their positions. So what I'd like to see is something like we saw a couple of years ago when two or three teams until the very end fighting for, for the top three spots. Okay. I mean, it seems quite reasonable. Kev? Um, yeah, not wanting to echo what Vieri says, but maybe a maybe a more even um, split across the league as well. We had a bit of a re- relegation battle last year, but yeah, just a- an evening out of the the balance of Syria would be nice. Yeah, I think everyone on the site says a title race every season. I, I want a- another surprise team, so maybe not to the extent of Atalanta, but I'd like to see someone like Torino or Sampdoria get involved seriously in, in the European conversation um, Sam come on it's your year it's your time but okay guys that'll do it we will be recording the podcast on Monday evenings going forward for, for the coming season gives us a little bit more time to um, think about what's happened over the weekend and importantly to actually get home from games and not be stuck in train stations in Ferrara all night long so I'll take part of the blame for that for the later recordings. But yeah, we'll be doing that. So we will be back with you all very, very soon because this is coming out on a Thursday or something. So I have nothing else to say. Vieri, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Kev, thank you. My pleasure. I will speak to you on Monday, I hope. You should do. Okay, right. Thanks for listening. Speak to you all soon. We love you. Goodbye.
can't get enough Just like a rainbow, you know you set me free And I just can't get enough And I just can't get enough You're like an angel Being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.